He's got a what on his butt? A mat. A fur mat. Is, right here. Now, and we're talking about Abe Epperson now. Yes. Now. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Oh, is this for me? You're talking about Clark Gable. Oh, yeah, you're going to be sad about that, too. I tried like five different ways to rip, and you can't rip and it. I can't figure it out. Yeah. So Katie Willard's with us, as promised, Hi. and by us, I mean me. It's just me and Katie. Because <laughs> I was too late, and Abe had to play Minecraft. Abe was too impatient and had to get home and play Minecraft. Um, yeah. So Katie was taught, referencing a DVD she brought, uh, on which you dress as Michael Jackson and do the famous. Yes. Uh, Motown 25th anniversary uh, performance of Billie Jean. Which you'll go into on an upcoming Rough Stuff episode (laughs) in detail, but I've been trying to rip the footage so we could show it to people. And for some reason, it gets all the way to, no matter what I do, it gets to chapter 14, this girl who appears to be as problematically appropriating. Uh, That's my friend Sarah Hirsch as Sacagawea. Sacagawea. Um. And it just won't rip past that point. I don't know what the That's problem so is. That's so bizarre. I'm sorry. It's okay. Thanks I tried. for trying. We wanted to get you the footage of me doing it. I couldn't even get it to play. So I don't, like, I haven't even seen it. It's very upsetting. I'm sorry. But the episode will still be great. Yeah. And now we've got bonus questions for Katie. People Yay. knew all month that Katie would be their target. <laughs> and they fired a quiver of cues at you. Today. Did you just wipe ghosts out of the way? Cat hair, you gotta be familiar with oh, this move. You yes. see cat hair floating in the air Just and you gotta grab pull it, it out of it, yeah. Uh, I always know who does and doesn't have pets because people who do have pets don't notice that the mic covers have cat hair sticking out of them. People who don't have pets spend the whole session picking Just cat like, hair out you, of the microphone. Yeah, cover. you can't ever get rid of it. But I'm like, yeah, you're that's in vain. <laughs> All right, so first question posted within seconds of us making questions available. Hell yeah. Robin Armstrong, thanks for writing, Robin, asks, Q, everyone asks, but I wanted to be predictable. Good goal. (laughs) In the first after hours, there's a strong implication the Michael and Katie characters were in a prior relationship. (laughs) Was that idea dropped or overruled in favor of some hot Soren action? I regret the implication that it's an upgrade. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, it's really interesting to see how these things develop over time. What do you remember? Well, so what I remember is we just, I think because the nature of the show is not like relationship building based, mm-hmm. we were, I think the thing was is that we felt like there needed to be some like pre, something that had happened just to have prior relationship in that. And then we did it that in the first episode. And then I think just like, just never mentioned it again. Well, I like, feel, I think we had a lot of specific things in yeah. the first episode that, like, you brought your food to the diner. Like, you that didn't trust diner I, food. I remember, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and people reference that if they've loved the show since the beginning. Yeah. There's, a th- there's like, one joke, because I wrote in a joke based on us having dated. Yeah. And then just, like, like in The Simpsons, this is how Captain McAllister was created. Another writer just did a callback to, to that, that joke. joke. Right. So you're like, oh, that's established now. And then within six episodes, we had all decided to never do any world building ever again. So Right, aside from what had actually occurred within the episodes from right. that point forward. So it all just became moot, yeah. Yeah, it was this canon that was not, like, canon that technically wasn't canon because we didn't yeah. foster the canon. Well, we were going to do, it just became also for production reasons, 
if once we were able to boil it down to it's this shot of the table and the other shot of the table and cartoons and clips, mm-hmm. everything was so much easier that it people didn't want to do anything else. There were early when episodes, we had to set up other shots. It was like, oh, this is going to fucking take forever. And because we shoot it overnight, yeah. yeah. So there was like a POV shot from the waitress's tray, mm-hmm. and it was like five thirty, and we were like, just no. cut the shot. Yeah. And we used to do things because you want to like spice it up. So it's like this episode starts and Dan's in, in the, the bathroom. bathroom, and Dan and Soren are peeing and talking about how Dan can't pee while Soren's stream is mighty. <laughs> and then we're on the night. Always, we're like it's five a.m. Cut the bathroom scene. Yeah, we don't want. Wasn't do that it. shot in like the offices at Demand? I think or something like that. I don't even remember, but maybe that did end up. Ha- Is that in the show? I think yes, okay. that did. But I think that was like the last time that because there did were many that. other times where people suggested, "How about we spice it up with this?" And we were always like, "No." Well, we used to set up like <laughs> when the waitress would come, we'd set up a third shot on the waitress, mm-hmm. and then by the end, we'd just have Star come in to frame. Or like walk behind frame and deliver her lines or come in between just so that we wouldn't change. Because I think at that point we were only in the beginning, we were only doing two episodes a shoot. And by the end we were shooting three episodes in a night. So I think it was just like, we were so efficient in shooting. That's it. That like, we just weren't ever part of what was wrong. Yeah. Part of what was wrong with the culture at cracked was, uh, they always ramped, or I, it ramped itself up. Like, no one was watching over it, it right. enough. So the system ramped itself up and up and up to the point where roughly the same number of people were always responsible for more and more and more as the years right. went on. So literally, in order to afford to shoot three a night, we had to cut all extraneous shots, things like that. Right. Yeah. Well, because we just couldn't, yeah, we just didn't have enough time. And it got to the point where our budget was cut, so we had to get three a night or we couldn't, couldn't afford shoot. to continue yeah. the show. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> they wanted realities of the business. And yep. That's the realities. That is a reality. Um, and it wouldn't be wrong. I don't think it's necessarily wrong for someone to say like, look, the show is an essay show. Yeah. It all just matters what you say. So just sit down and talk and about, say the about the it. movie. And that's, yeah. I think, what by the end it was distilled down to what it's basic. Like, yeah. we had our four, you know, four personalities, four points of view that were set in our mm-hmm. arguments and... Yeah. That was all that people wanted. <laughs> yeah, except the diehard fans like Robin Armstrong, who were like, yeah. I remember when there were little in jokes here and there. And what Katie happened? didn't like raisins. I don't. Yeah. Well, you're allergic. No, you're I'm not, not just allergic, allergic to just raisins. Like I just don't like them. But that was based on how I actually felt about onions. I'm yes. not allergic to onions. I just raisins don't like were the them. the more available prop yeah. <laughs> that night. Joseph Burroughs asks uh, Katie occasionally tweets about how she covers award ceremonies. Yes. Yeah. In what capacity can you explain? I am a uh, segment producer for E for their live events, red carpet (laughs) coverage. So um, any of their red carpet shows live from the red carpet, countdown to the red carpet or after party. Uh, I am a field producer on the day. um, And then prior to that, I produce segments like by cutting together packages, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, So Joseph asked if you've had any. You know, general request for anecdotes. Any memorable red carpet moments? Cool, embarrassing, weird. Um, what? No, it's fun to see people I know. Like, it. Sure. I saw Beck and Kyle. Oh, right. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I was at the glam bond. I was like, oh, my, hi, you know, yeah. and like to give them hugs mm-hmm. Um, to see Emily Gordon. They didn't you blank know. you. That's no, good. no, that's no, good. nobody has. <laughs> no, Everybody's like, hey, <laughs> you know, and that's it's always fun to see people there. Um. 
live TV is just crazy. Like uh, the live from the red carpet show is put together in the commercial breaks between the between the oh, like you get together and brainstorm what now? No, like they're just assembling our EPs or assembling the show. It's live, so we're getting we're we're getting interviews, and you're choosing what's going to be aired next. It's it's like. Pretty crazy. It's very much like live theater, oh, which I is see. why I like it. Someone like they have to pick which segments take priority now, 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 yep. now. Yeah. Yep. And uh, so that's I've been doing that. This is my third award season. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I enjoy it. I like producing. I'm, you know, I, nothing, I think I have a mind for feral it. Little shit his pants. Nothing. You know, they want something like crazy, like Tom Hanks slapped I you mean, for no reason. I was in the tr- <laughs> I was in the trailer watching the direct feed of the show when the mm-hmm. whole Moonlight La La Land thing happened, and I was social media producer oh, Red for our after party show. And up until that point, we were all sitting watching the telecast, being like, "There's going to be nothing for social media. Like nothing is happening in this show." I think the biggest thing I had was that during the How Far I'll Go performance. Mm-hmm. The woman from Moana got smacked in the face with one of the flags. Like, that was all I had. There were no juicy mimetic moments for the PR team to make viral. Well, social, just like (laughs) social media moments where people were like tweeting about things or anything that happened that bit was big. To trend, it has to be a crystallized moment. Yeah, yeah, because you talk about it in the after party, like um, in the Oscars or Emmys last, this last Emmys, the guy who directed the Oscars proposed to his girlfriend while he was accepting Uh his award. So, Katie, is that why you switched? the envelopes between Moonlight and La La <laughs> but we were sitting there we were like nothing's gonna happen like what are we gonna have for this show like, I've got an idea and then literally that happened and I went what and I spent the next like the next two hours of the show running printing like tweets and running to my EP to get them cleared and then getting them like just cut sheets writing them back and forth so we could get them like digitized and in so that yeah. they could air on the show like tweets of people wow. responding to that so you had to even do extra show business work. You were moonlighting in La La Land. I was. I was moonlighting in La La Land. But yeah, there's not, I mean, I don't know. There's not really anything, at least since I've been there, nothing too crazy. Good. Great. Yeah. Sorry. No, I was, yeah, yeah. You always want someone to grab, like some horrible thing that you somehow haven't heard. Like, all right. Uh, Ryan Dunn. Asks, what's your favorite dipping sauce? Ooh. It's a tie between buffalo and ranch. Not blue cheese. Oh, no, blue cheese. It's blue cheese. Well, if I'm going buffalo sauce, I always do, blue, do blue cheese. cheese. Of Me ranch. too. Really? My, my order at Buffalo Wild Wings is traditional wings, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. medium buffalo sauce with blue cheese and only celery. And a trivia controller. Yes. Uh, I would say it's the chunky jalapeno artichoke dip that you can get. I believe was born at Costco, but you can now get other places. (laughs) Oh, that sounds good. I have some in the fridge if you want to try it. Um, Yeah, that sounds good. I haven't eaten yet. (laughs) So, Mary, if you would. Okay, so Michael is getting the dip out of the fridge. Yep, yep. He's found it. Here it is. He's, ooh, okay. It comes in a nice hefty plastic container. There's a very small amount for me to eat. Okay, he's got a spoon. I'm very excited. So see if... Oh my God, there is a very little amount left. See if this is better than blue cheese. It's my favorite sauce by far. Ooh, that's good. Ooh, it's spicy. Right? Mm. Well, that's that jalapeno working for you. Okay. I'm into that. That would be really good on like a crostini with a little bit of cheese. Oh, yeah. 
It's a mix of sour cream, cream cheese, mayo, artichoke hearts, jalapenos, onions, parmesan, garlic. I should stop reading this. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, it's all the me white, it. the creamy white things. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put this in the sink. Go for it. So she's walking over now. She's placing the spoon in the sink. And she's going crazy. She's knocking the fridge over. All right, yeah. we're back. Hi. <laughs> That's your answer, Ryan Dunn. The ghost of Dave Thomas asks, <laughs> from beyond his presumably square grave, do any of you have any good meeting a huge celebrity stories? <laughs> kind, of the, kind of the same, but different. Outside the red carpet. Uh, Bonnie Raitt's manager told me I was adorable when I was a child. Oh. That's okay. not anything. <laughs> uh, I was on jury selection with Craig Ferguson, and he was totally Hollywood about like, look, you can't pick me. I have a big show. Like, right. Uh, that was kind of funny. <laughs> Another person on that jury selection was like, my demands, the demands of my job are too high to be on jury. And they were like, well, what do you do? I'm a manager. How many clients do you have? One. Well, you only have one client, but yes, but it's very consuming. Who's your client, if Is I may it, ask? like Tom Cruise? Eric Clapton. Ah! But I was like, that was kind of cool, kind of cool. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I uh, I mean, on the carpet, uh, Denai Guerrero is the most beautiful woman I've ever seen in my <laughs> entire life. Um, so anytime I see her, I'm close to her. I'm just life. like, oh, my God. And there was a moment <laughs> at Oscars last year at the Glambot where – it was her, Lupita Nyong'o, and Winston Duke all came up to do the Glambot together, and they were really excited about it. The Glambot is this high-speed camera that we have that does these amazing sweeping, high-def shots that they speed up. They're they're mm. done or they're done really fast, and they slow them down to make these really epic, like you know, women in gowns like will flow their get, and it just all it looks so beautiful, and they were all so attractive, and I just was like, just had no words. There were no words. I introduced Lady Gaga to the director of the Glambot. That was pretty cool. There you cool. go. That's cool. Yeah, she was very nice. She was in a character for her Grammys red carpet. Actually, I have a lot. I've been lucky. <laughs> in terms of running into people I don't care about having run into, but I was in Rich I was with Rich Voss in an elevator once, if you don't know. Uh, Rich Voss is the like last really, comic standing. It's like a really brutal insult comic <laughs> from New York. And he immediately launched a, a you know, Katie, that crocheted hat I wear when it's cold. Yeah. That has little cat ears. Yeah. He immediately launched into like a bit, and we had to go up like 10 floors. And I, personally, I don't really like Rich Voss's comedy already. And yeah, he's like, whoa, look at this fucking hippie hat. What, you shave your mom's pussy and make a hat? <laughs> he does this whole bit, and I'm just kind of grim-faced, and he like tries to give me, he gives me a fist bump. I give it back. I'm not right. an asshole. And he leaves, and then people are like, I was like, well, he's a prick. And someone's like, no, no, that's his bit. He's Rich Voss. And I was like, oh, oh, I know who he is. Yeah. I don't walk up to people and start spouting pop culture theories. He's a prick. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what's funny is I watched Last Comic Standing that his season and he was best friends with a stand-up comedian named Dave Mordahl on the mm. show. They both were up against each other. And Dave Mordahl at the time was like a 50-something guy from like Wisconsin who mm. was, I thought he was Wisconsin. so funny. And I had the hugest crush on Dave Mordahl. I was 13 i was okay. like this is my dream man <laughs> yeah. i d- i don't know what dave mordal is up to but the, oh i was waiting for something horrible no to no no with dave i mean dave dave mordal might be might be dead That's i don't right, think man, so something like that yeah. he, he, he smoked i think but he and rich Voss were like best friends on the show okay like they had like a like a yeah. brotherly love for brotherly each other love. 
Yeah. Uh, oh, and then at that same, this was a just for laughs. So that's why all the famous comedians stayed in one hotel. Um, what? Rosario Dawson. Oh, oh you were yeah. there. <laughs> also, when we bumped into her in the was, elevator. But and- also at that time, this is why the memory didn't lodge with me. I didn't know who that was. That had to be explained to me who it even was. Oh, okay. But I understand now in retrospect that it was a big deal. Yeah. (laughs) For those who don't know, we bumped into Rosario Dawson at uh, Calgary Comic Expo. She was, we were going into the elevator and she was coming Mm. out and she was like, oh my God, hey, to Dan, because Dan had moderated her panel. And then she was like, oh, Soren. Oh my God, Katie. And then she was like, where's Michael? And apparently she watched after her and her brother watched after hours so she like took photos with us like selfies because she wanted to show her brother and she kept going i'm the fourth one now which was like so fucking bizarre Back off, rosario but she was Meanwhile, so sweet i was in the vip lounge talking to brienne of tarth from game of thrones that's <laughs> yeah. where i was but the one i was actually going to say is i was scheduled to do something with horatio sands later in the day and i saw him wandering around the hotel on my floor. So I followed him thinking he was early for the thing and I was we were going to go to the same place. Yeah. And I got closer and closer and closer to him, not speaking to him, just like nonchalantly <laughs> following Horatio's hands till he got to a hotel door and knocked on it and I stopped right behind him, like as close as you would be in line for something. And they were like, yo, who is it? And he's like... <laughs> Uh, it's Horatio, but there's like a narc here. I don't know what's going on. It might be a cop. <laughs> and it turned out he was going to his friends or in the pregame. Like he opened yeah. the door and weed, weed smoke yeah. billowed out. And I was like, oh, sorry. I'm not <laughs> trying to cramp your style, gentlemen. You know, like the biggest dork in the world. Oh, my God. And then later had to see him at the thing we were both doing. Right. Yeah. And be like, yeah, sorry, I was weird. Moving on, Stephen Wright, who we've already riffed enough on the fact that his name is Stephen Wright, asks... <laughs> If Katie were to make a film based on anything, what would the dream be? So adaptation. Oh, okay. So I've thought about this a lot. I love this short story, Head and Shoulders by F. Scott Fitzgerald. And we're reaching a point, I think, where it's almost public domain. You're going to do sequel, Knees and Toes, right? No. But it's, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's, a, it's a movie that I, I'm not... It's a book or a short story that I'm not sure if it would be... I think it could be made a today thing but i just love the um premise of it back in the day where it's essentially like this woman who starts as like a she's like a cab dancer or a a dancer at a like a taxi stand so like a not burlesque but like was that a thing i i always think of it from like like, there would be go-go dancers at the taxi line no it's a phrase from from league of their own that, oh, which that I, Madonna is a blind says. spot in my pop culture now. So she was a dancer, and he was like a books, like one of the youngest guys okay. at like Harvard. But it's funny how I could easily believe I'm like, yeah, in the 50s, they did crazy shit. Yeah. Strippers at the taxi Everywhere. stand. Pie for a nickel. They uh, were insane. I could have totally mis- <laughs> misheard that, that uh-huh. saying too, so bear with me. But anyways, they end up getting together and, and falling for each other. And then he, she starts writing and he starts like doing gymnastics like they they get married and they have kids and i think her being like home ridden she starts writing and then he starts going out to the gym and he becomes this famous gymnast and she becomes this like famous writer mm-hmm. and their nickname for each other it has has always been head and shoulders and he was the head because he was the brains and she was the shoulders because she was the shimmy <laughs> but then by the end some reporter asked them like why are you called head and shoulders is because she's got the brains and you got the the shoulders because they had like yeah. switched places oh and they don't resent each other 
No. Good, yeah. It's like a really well, sweet, like, good. No, love there's, story. <laughs> there's a Vonnegut story with almost the same setup, except, of course, it focuses on the fact that the... Well, it's that the wife becomes more of a provider and the man like is it's driven like so insane pissed. because right. he can't be. And it's like, just fucking get over it. You're lucky. She's bringing home the bacon. Like, you're doing great. <laughs> yeah. So that's if I. Okay. That so was the like thing a that I would adapt. Rom com. Yeah. Interesting. I like it. So different than me, which is always like, well, what stories have the biggest space lasers? I'd probably adapt that. Um, all right, Liam Dodd asks for Katie and Michael. During After Hours filming, were there any particularly memorable moments? We shot of, seven well, seasons. That's what I, I like, couldn't that's why I remember. Laugh, but it does get more specific. Uh, of breaking character or breaking because of line was so funny. Uh. Again, I actually, like, yes, multiple times every night for seven years. So I don't remember, remember exactly any particular Well, one. I also feel like a lot of times just breaking happened because we we like it just got late and like you're trying to do this monologue and you can't yeah. get it and it's late and people are waiting on you and so like whenever people would be like let's have after hours bloopers like why don't you make after hours bloopers and I was like well because a lot of it is like me angrily like hitting the table at four o'clock in the morning being mm -hmm. like god damn it I'm so sorry you guys because I can't remember something you know you never you're good at you have a a brain for I was memorizing. About to brag. Oh, not about my memorizing, but I do feel that of the four, yes, uh, people think that it's less efficient than it is. They imagine that we were sitting around having like japes and good times, but it was not twenty-two like we pages were, of straight dialogue in like an we eight-hour shoot out with each other. Yeah. We were there to execute, right. so we all got very efficient at. If you fuck up in the middle of your long monologue, you reset as quickly as possible. So it would be as short as usually, blah, 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 fuck, fuck me. Come on, Daniel, motherfucker, okay? <laughs> blah, 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 and then he gets it, right? And I say Daniel because he was the most likely to curse loudly. Uh, I would hit the table. You would hit the table. Soren, Soren would, would just grunt. quietly be like, I'm Actually, sorry, you guys. <laughs> Soren would get really sad and disappointed in himself, like genuinely <laughs> disappointed in himself, and look off and have to like be like, take it's a okay, moment and yeah. then do it. I was just proud of, I felt that I had the most, I was the most robotic. I'd go, blah, 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 blah. Okay. Blah, 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 blah. Yep. I would always just say, okay, and reset every time. That is a true <laughs> statement. You were very, uh, Efficient. Soulless. Yeah. <laughs> Liam Dodd also asks, any new recipes you've discovered recently that were great? I made gravy from scratch using actually like animal tallow that I rendered Ooh. for the first time this Thanksgiving. Took three and a half hours to make and it was worth it. Yep. It's like no gravy I've ever tasted. Yeah. Animal fat is amazing. I love yeah. gravy. I don't cook, <laughs> really. I assemble, mm -hmm. so uh, I don't have any, any recipes. Um, any good flavor combos, though? I mean... Peanut butter on a hot dog, anything like that you've oh, discovered? Oh, let's see. Is there anything <laughs> weird? Um, I mean, my favorite thing to eat, and that's what I eat for lunch every day, is I have a slice of um, Havarti, some turkey on top of it, and a pickle spear, and I roll it up and just shovel that into my mouth. Yeah, a it's perfect. Taco. Yeah, it's like yeah. it's it's protein. It's fat. It's yeah. You know, you got a little salt. I throw a little honey mustard dipping cup on the side if Ooh. I was feeling ambitious. You know, it's good with the Trader Joe's makes a knockoff of the Zangku garlic. Oh yes, they sauce do. Yes, they do now. That is very good to dip that in. But that kind of knocks it into it almost too it. salty. Right. 
Um, I find the pickle is like, and the juice is just enough salt. We are in very different recipe worlds. Yeah, sorry. Mine's not a recipe. It's just put things together. I've seriously taken to cooking and I am, I'm getting better and better at it. So like my recent favorite recipe is like mushroom risotto and chicken braised over root vegetables. I mean, And you're like, you ever put a pickle (laughs) in a slice of (laughs) onion? I just, I love it. Well, what's funny is I love food and I love experiencing well cooked, well thought out. Like, I went to Momofuku Co. in New York Mm -hmm. and like it was the most amazing experience I've ever had. Inventor of the noodle cup. I really, Momofuku is the man who invented the noodle cup. That's why it's named after that because David Chang, Mm -hmm. that's homage to him. But, the, you know, I, I, but in my day to day, I'm very much just like, I want to fuel my body. And then I want to get on, like, I don't have in my home, like, yeah, cooking is not a thing that, like, I do. <laughs> I just find it a good hobby that I enjoy. I actually find I enjoy food way less than most people I know. Yeah. I never care that much about eating it. I actually enjoy the making the it. The process part. of I it like is meditative. directions, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I just taste it and go, like, it, it came out like I expected success cool yeah but i don't uh yeah i don't care about good food as much it's weird i care about making and not eating it i'll just go i like going to restaurants i go i eat alone all the time oh yeah it's my jam (laughs) jacob kramer asks has following your passions and creating content for us to enjoy ever become daunting or a chore how do you deal with the stress that comes along with working in this industry (sighs) i will totally abstain on this if you don't mind fielding it because the answer would basically be the entire Tales from the Pit episode that that's we about did. to drop. Should we just leave it at that? Yeah. Well, we do. We do talk about that um, in an episode of Tales from the Pit Coming that is up dropping very soon. soon. I will say yeah. I didn't have the same stress as a lot of the other people from Cracks because I was a contracted employee. So I always had another job, like another handful of like part-time jobs, and right. I wasn't creating content on a regular basis. I was asked to be a part of episodes of After Hours. I've you know, written a couple and like, you know, I'm in the writer's room for those, but I wasn't the one trying to like churn stuff out. So I didn't really have that But the freelancer experience. life certainly has its own stressors. Oh, like the uncertainty sure. of the future, yeah. But I never felt like I was getting burnt out, but I know that's not your experience. I felt like ground to the... Yeah. Dirt to the point where I reached the lowest point in my life. Which but, we will uh, we'll talk cover about. That in detail later. <laughs> uh, in fact, I would say that Tales from the Pit in large part would not exist except that I needed to express Get it all out. how awful yeah. it was. Yeah. Um, which has nothing to do with the lovely audience. Right. We and that's the thing, is part of it is we just love y'all so much right. and want to make things that we know you'll love that then that we just put a lot of pressure on ourselves mm, about exactly. it. Exactly. But we're never like I hate you, audience. Kevin Calkins asks <laughs> a question I'm going to answer the exact same way. How do you stop yourself from burning out on creating new content all the time? Um, that I feel like same answer, see above. But the second part of the question we can answer, when you do feel that way, what do you do to recenter yourself? I mentioned cooking. I also, For me, it's hobbies mm-hmm. that are so mind-consuming that it distracts me. That's also why I taught myself to rap. It blanks my mind. Right. Um, I just go, I'm with, I go with friends, I go with family, I go somewhere else where I'm not expected to produce anything. Mm. Um, And 
I need hobbies. I don't have hobbies. That's a good that's self-care. A thing I hobbies do. are good self-care. Yeah, I was painting a bit, and I really like doing that and illustrating. I'm and trying to and learn oil painting right now. Ooh, it's not working out. <laughs> I do watercolors because it's pretty. Okay. It's pretty simple. I'm always too ambitious because I'm like, yeah, I know it's way, 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 way harder. But, but I oil paintings do look it. better. Yeah. I want to be Rembrandt, not a watercolor. You want to be Bob Ross? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Thassos Francescu. Ooh. Apologies if I got the last name incorrect. I think Thassos is correct. Uh, I want to hear my username to see how badly everyone murders it. <laughs> well, you can tell us. Maybe it's Thassos Francesco. I don't know. My question is one that was asked on another podcast network, and the answers were hilarious. What animal would you have for hands and why? Th- I'll ask all three so you can be thinking about your answers. So you have to replace your hands. Mm-hmm. Your arms would end in a full animal. Why and what? Your hands have become the whole animal. Oh, so this is just more rules, not just the animal's hands. Okay. Keep making great content for everyone. Much love. Much love, Tassos or Thassos <laughs> or Thanos. I, I know it's not uh, practical. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't think any answer is practical. Eels. Okay, that's Like good. a moray, moray eels. Yes. I just feel like me coming at someone with two more eels. You'd be giving up your ability to grasp things. They can, they open and close their mouths. It mouth. would be like you're wearing mittens forever, I guess. Yeah, but I love eels. And you could eat stuff time, with your hands. That's true. Where does it go? Into my does your arms eel hand and then into my stomach? stomach? Yeah. I think in some way. Well, one time I went to uh, an aquarium with my friend Shannon, and uh, there was a uh, an aquarium full of moray eels, and I mm-hmm. went up to the glass, and I was like, hey, guys, how are you doing? And all the eels came out and came to, wow. my, to like, to nose against She's the glass. She's pointing at her eyeballs. They went nose against the <laughs> okay. glass, so we were, like, staring at each other. It was, like, four eels. What if you were the Harry Potter of eels and you I made the glass disappear? I I they mean, all slithered they out. They flung into my face. <laughs> Shannon took eels. a photo of it because she was like, that's the weirdest thing I've ever seen. So Eel I feel, queen. <laughs> I feel, like, very connected to moray eels. Nice. What about you? Two human beings. So if you imagine... <laughs> My, Just one leg is attached no, to your shoulder? My arms would end, terminate at the small of their backs. So I'd have a standing person on my left, a standing person on my right, and they would walk and make their arms into like a little chariot that I would sit on. I never have to walk again. And I would dress as a beautiful prince. <laughs> and instead of talking to people directly, I'd always lean over and whisper to one of my guys, like, I don't know, tell them that. And they'd go, Michael says, etc. <laughs> That's what I'd do. Uh, <laughs> wow, that's a much better answer than eels. <laughs> I just Never want lon- eels. Never lonely when your hands are people. <laughs> that is a true statement. Gabriel Kenny says, hello, teeny beanies. Oh, teeny beanies. <laughs> what movie, show, video game did you expect to hate yet ended up greatly enjoying and what turned you around? Movie, show, or game? You're not a big video gamer though, right? Mm-mm. So movie or show? I'm hesitant to say what my movie is. Oh, is it like a spoiler problem? No. Why are you? Just people have a lot of opinions about it. (laughs) Oh. Uh, But you're saying you ended up loving it. mm -hmm. Oh, so people like to hate on this movie. Mm -hmm. I'll say it. La La Land? No. (laughs) 
I actually never saw La La Land. I was uh-huh. just like, I don't need to see this. Is what I, got I in know. My head. And this is the man who made Whiplash, and I'm still and like, I love Whiplash. I still, well, I still don't get need to stressed. See this. Yeah, yeah, thinking of Whiplash. Uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, recent. I haven't I, seen it. I yet. went into it um, with people do enjoy hating on it right now. Um, and I get it's not a per. It's not the best movie by any stretch of the imagination. I know don't you love get me Freddy. wrong. Yeah. Um, I was a huge Queen fan in high school. I just think that. Rami Malek is something special in this and like like reading how much care and how much he loves this person and like wanted to do this yeah. person well, justice and not ju- and yeah. not just be a caricature, you <laughs> right. know. And he like they had a singing he didn't know how to sing, he didn't know how to dance, he didn't know how to do anything and he was like, "Here's the deal. I know I need a singing coach. I know I need a choreographer." He's like, "But I need a movement coach." This was a man who was so in his body. Um and the other thing is like sitting I know it's not the most progressive, like, I don't think it's regressive, to be honest. I don't, I don't think it's as bad as, like, people who saw the trailer thought it was going to be. Okay. But it's not perfect. But I think it's important for middle America to see a gay man in a creative relationship with three straight men and not hit on them. I know that sounds so weird, but, like, to just see, like, a gay man being friends with like an, you know, like a group of people and they're not like, it's not a thing. Mm-hmm. I know that sounds weird. I think we take for granted living in progressive places. It has to be case by case all the time. Cause of course, if you omit homosexuality from the thing as if it doesn't exist, then you're like right. doing and a they thing where you're trying to craft history. But they didn't do that but either. But also if you have your guy constantly hitting on every dude he meets. Then it's not true. Right. I think they did a the really... The truth is somewhere in between. I think they did a, a pretty good job. Also, the casting was spot on, and I liked the the um, the interaction between the four guys. Like, they mm-hmm. all seem to really, like, if you look on social media, they all really love each other, and mm-hmm. like... I could feel that. Yeah. Um, I, I did. I enjoyed it. I did. Nice. Uh, I, it's not perfect. And don't go in with high, uh, high, high expectations. Okay, I, I haven't seen it. Because it's also a movie biopic or a music biopic. Right. And since Walk Hard, I have not been able to watch a, mu- a music biopic without like just being so annoyed because it's pointed out every single trope and like really made fun of all of them. Dream Girls before or after? Um... Because that's the best music biopic for my money. I mean, I think Dream Girls is a beautiful movie. Yeah, I think yeah. it's like the structure of it is, I mean, the musical itself, it's well-written. Yes, and it's, yes, it's yes. doesn't play to the tropes, but there are some things in Bohemian Rhapsody that it's like, oh, we're about to get in a fight. And then like John Deacon just starts playing the bass line mm-hmm. to another one fights the dust. <laughs> yeah, and everybody's okay. like, oh, that's like, they stop fighting and they're like, yeah. that's cool. And you're just like, all right, like this like, is hey, dumb. You got to hear record. <laughs> that's a number one record. No one's going to hear of Queen. Like that, you know, yeah. there's, stuff like that in it but i don't know just allow yourself to try and enjoy it i have no answer because everything disappoints me (laughs) i've never this is my honest answer but it sounds vain as hell and maybe it is i feel like i have a really good eye for media and i've never gone into something really great not knowing it had a chance to be really great right so the only thing that ever happens to me is i get tricked into thinking something looks great and i'm disappointed right it never goes the other way it's so funny because i keep i keep my expectations super low for everything Mm. and then i have and then i also just like am able to disconnect the critical part of my brain from the enjoyment part of my brain so like for something like bohemian rhapsody i'm like yeah i enjoyed it it's not perfect but i i it 
hit something. It also was very inspirational. Like it was. Well, we always destroy what comforted. we love the most. Right. And I have studied film enough that it did have a demonstrable effect where I am effectively a movie snob. But it's like you said, it's walk hard showed you all the tropes and now biopics just lost their magic. Right. That's true for me with every genre of all film <laughs> at this point. Cause I, I spend most of my time studying and talking about film with Abe in our little cave. And, uh, as a result, I only like 8% of yeah. movies and shows I see. I get I'm it. a bitter bastard. Like everyone's always like, everyone loved hereditary. And I'm like, it fucking sucked. <laughs> <laughs> but like whatever movie everyone loves, I'm like, there's a, Nine out of ten chance that I'm the asshole yeah, who's I, like, ah, it sucked. Well, you know, it's your experience is your experience. I know. It's <laughs> a bitter one. John Crane asks, how do you feel about people keeping pets that don't have the biological capacity for love or affection like snakes, lizards, and spiders? I'm fine with it. I like... Also, I don't think snakes, lizards, and spiders don't have the biological capacity for love or affection, but... That's an unpopular opinion. Well, I just think it looks different than what we think of. Do you know what I mean? Like their love That's and what I affection. Mean. Yeah, like I, I, I am fine with anybody doing anything as long as it's not hurting any one or anything. So as long as they're taking good care of that snake, like that mm-hmm. gif of the guy who's like holding a snake in his hand in his classroom and he's got a lollipop mm, and then I he just takes the lollipop this. out and just puts it and the snake just like licks it and then he just like puts it back in his no, mouth. Like it's to me, it's super mm-hmm. cute and very funny. That's how I feel. I honestly feel that it's likely true that all matter has consciousness of some form. Right. Including what we consider inert matter. We just can't perceive its level of consciousness. What it would be like, right. Uh, But that's a whole nother topic. (laughs) Paul McPeak asks for Katie Michael and Abe. Who is playing Minecraft. Yeah, you should log on to the Minecraft stream and ask him, Paul. But the question is, were there any ideas for content you previously weren't able to pursue that you still feel would be a good idea? Related question, if you could replace your own legs, what form of locomotion would you choose? A lot of body modification. I know, interesting. Uh, thousands of ideas because I, my job would end if I stopped coming up with ideas I wanted to produce. Right. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I... Uh, uh, I'm a collaborative lady. Like I mm-hmm. like coming in on projects and building from an idea. Yeah. And for me, like the generation of the idea isn't my, isn't my vibe. Like sure. I, I, I like coming up with ideas, but I'm, I don't like generate Like that's never been a thing that I've been particularly good at or enjoyed. But what I do like to do is help a person be who has team, an yeah. idea be the best version of that, that it can be. Uh, and I would like to have a, a horse as my, legs i want to be a centaur i'll go unicorn okay. just to top you oh daniel farmer but you don't asks, even have the horn it's the bottom half i assumed it was the same as the hands question meaning each of my legs would be a full <laughs> a unicorn, unicorn. <laughs> I'd be like 12 and a half feet tall it's awesome uh, daniel farmer hi katie what was it like knowing you were way better than all the boys on after hours <laughs> did you beat them up to get the best argument points in every script. <laughs> oh well, I don't. I don't know. I don't think I was better than that's anybody. some general gushing right there. I mean, thank you for thinking I'm cool. <laughs> um, no, I don't know. I uh, 
I think we got to a point with the show, like once we kind of honed in on what our characters are, you know, the arguments kind of fell into place for each mm-hmm. episode, right? Yeah. We kind of knew, okay, if it's from this angle, it's probably going to be Dan. If it's from this angle, it's probably going to be Katie. So, you know, the, the, the wait, talk through sessions were more fun than writing it or shooting it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Kind of going like, Oh, what are some other examples? That was always really fun right. to me. It's like, okay, we've read the first draft. What are some other things that fall into this category? Are they stronger for this episode than what has already been there? And then like, right. That's how you'd reverse engineer it is people would come by the way, if you ever want to make your own after hours, it's someone comes with like, Um. I made this stand up (laughs) observation about love. Actually, let's say this proves it's all happening in a cyclical time loop. Then everyone goes, what are other things Things. that that could be true? Even if you have to stretch and then you uh, figure out, who arguments. would say what? Yeah. Uh, he also asks a question from Mike and Abe, so I'm going to skip it. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite working with my best friend story? Mine would be this, when Abe went home to play Minecraft <laughs> instead of staying for the Katie Willard Q&A. Um, what is it, if anything, is missing from your life right now that you did have while working at a corporate place? Budget and free candy is all. <laughs> and I... Um working full-time the last time i the only time i've worked full-time i had health insurance through my company and i have health insurance well, that, now but i have I, it now but god it's i much appreciate more appreciated it when it was that's true being removed pre-tax from my health income insurance is and was fucking me cheaper up right now yeah yeah and better um, richard mediate just gives you a high five high five but i'd be loath to just skip one person then they'd be sad high five dan kubaki says i had an ex who was super into shipping and I assume they mean <laughs> couple shipping, not sending packages across right. ground. And I remember crossing the existence of an after-hours slash fic back when Just I was trying to figure chance. out what happened to all y'all. Uh, yeah, that was about me blowing Dan, I think. I have read it. Of course, people immediately were like, look at this, look at this. Yeah, I've done, I've perused. Yeah. Um, and what's, I think it's like me and Dan gently fumbling towards realizing we're in love and then I blow him. Right. And then Soren <laughs> and Dan. Well, that's the thing is like so much <laughs> of the slash fiction it, is just is the boys, right? It's there, the boys. there were maybe like two that were like a, just a group orgy, which I mm-hmm. actually was like, this is nice. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I was like, this is, I'm not, I wasn't like, like, at least they're a representative of the entire cast. Well, no, <laughs> but like in terms of being the lady in it, it was sure. like fun and empowered. It wasn't degrading. It wasn't like, you know, there are, it was very consensual. You can two, tell like, as like, you wait. read them that they're half joking or more. Right. It's somewhere in the mix of like, I really, and like knowing the canon of after right, hours, but also like wanting people to fuck. And I there think there'd be in jokes where you're like, if this was written to masturbate to, there wouldn't be like in jokes embedded right. that are digressions into after hours lore. Yeah. yeah. I was just always surprised. I think I was a little surprised that no one did any. I mean, it's me and th- three guys and no one ever did just a pair right. off of, yeah. of any of us. It, well, Dan, it, I only was involved in the orgy. I guess we answered. Yeah. Dan's asking if it's unsettling or upsetting, but like, it all Not seemed very all. like benign and. Um, but I'm also the type of guy who wouldn't be offended uh, by that. Appreciative, really? Yeah. yeah. No, that kind of thing wouldn't bother me. Because I think that part <laughs> of it is is the ones that I was included in, which were not a lot in the grand scheme of it, uh, was not degrading or gross or weird. Mm. It was all very sweet. 
So I was like, cool. I'm sure yeah. if people were like, everybody pisses on her face, I'd be like, I don't know how no, I feel about what's that. What's unsettling is credible death threats. That's the only things I get that actually unsettle me. Uh, for obvious reasons. <laughs> a regular new plumbus asks, thanks for all the after hours fun. I was wondering if there's a specific joke or take that comes to mind where you couldn't stop laughing out of the entire, or had trouble getting the line out. No, I, that basically answered, I'm a big fan of bloopers on or off camera. After Hours may have the most boring bloopers of any yeah. show. Certainly any crack show. For sure. The Crack Studios series <laughs> had way more shit going wrong that's funny to watch. Yeah, like I think about the Scooby-Don't behind the scenes video right, that we had is funny. like hilarious. Because you're trying to do an accent and you fuck it up. Right. Everyone laughs. Uh, there's a lot of complicated props. So the net falls on Cody's face in a weird way and everyone laughs. Like, the only thing that happens in After Hours that you would necessitate resetting line. is... The person's head that's spewing words spews the wrong word. They stop for half a second and they restart Get the line. Get mad at themselves <laughs> and then start again. I I have to say one of my favorite things to deliver, though, mm-hmm. like monologues. And I was talking to David Bell about this when we were doing um, uh, Legends of Dragon Halt, the RPG yeah. uh, podcast was from the episode where I talk about uh, Jason and I have the whole timeline of all of the Jason movies. And I like read that and went, this is insane. But David cared a lot. Like I knew how important it was to have this knowledge Mm -hmm. of the timeline of all the the Jason movies Mm -hmm. and what happened in each of them. So like I memorized that. So like really worked to get it into my bones. Sure. Because I wanted to do it justice, and I felt so proud to say like to the impress whole thing. Dave specifically. Well, no, but to like, I mean, he took the time to write it, and yeah. it's like I want to, I want to convey that fandom, right? Sure. The yeah. fandom that took to write something that detailed, mm-hmm. like I want to, even though it's not my my thing. You want to rise to his level of exactly. playing the game. Yeah. So that was like really Good fun instinct. to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to buy into his bit as hard as he is. I still, I also. Adam Ganser you know, maintains that all of David Bell's movie uh, like opinions about film are a long ongoing bit but i don't believe it like he doesn't believe that david can mean it when he says like yeah actually i really like mama mia too he's like (laughs) shut the fuck up david bell this is not you're just doing this to fuck with me you know what there i think of one that was really fun that i remember us laughing a lot about is the one um those where i hate cops like I have yeah. like a uh, like just like I say all of these weird like yeah. I don't know why that episode oh no <laughs> where Soren it's alternate universe Soren where he coughs sure. out the feathers and wears yes. the weird sweater that was like Soren killed it and I think I remember being like this is beautiful oh is that the end the bit was like Soren vanished in a different Soren from an alternate. Parallel yeah, came out Soren. of the thing, yeah. but he coughs and blows feathers out of his, and it was a perfect take. Yeah, every and he time Soren's from another dimension, it really works. <laughs> that, uh, like in Anti Heroes, mm-hmm. when he comes back as himself as an old man, is one of the funniest things in all of Crackdom to me. I don't know what there is about it, but like Soren interacting with himself from an alternate timeline is always gold. I just think part of it is too is that Soren is a very good actor, and I think that like he plays a variation of himself in pretty much everything that the headstrong kind of like you know. But then when he's from an alternate guy, dimension, it has to be like okay, but now you're a hundred year old man, right? You find you get to see him, 
have fun. <laughs> Stretch, which he yeah. can do, but we always assume he's another. Th- well, thing. no, we always cast him as I don't. There's some truth to typecasting and why it is that way. He developed his persona groove on Cracked, and it, you didn't want to fuck with that too much. Right. Just like you wouldn't want to suddenly make me the really smart intellectual character in every series. Right. I was established as the loud, dumb guy. Who's uh, weird. Yeah. Who's a weirdo. And Soren was established as perfect Aryan god. Right. So you had to keep riffing High on that. High school bully. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Josh M. Naleski asks... Just listen to the frame rate for Freaked and inspired by that, like Fest of 90s-ness, do any of you have fond memories of Freakazoid? It's literally my favorite show. I had a birthday party I think you came to where... When was it? The planned birthday party was... Oh, no, that you were out of town, I remember. <laughs> but the, planned, the plan for the birthday party was to play Freakazoid in its entirety. It's only two seasons. Make right. everyone watch it. And everyone got there, and I was so excited, and I sat down on the couch and put Freakazoid on and started watching it. And everyone stood around like you do at a party and ate snacks and drank drinks and talked to each other, and I couldn't hear Freakazoid. And I fucking shut it down and sent everyone home because I was like, I want to watch Freakazoid today. Oh, my God. And, like, watch it. Now, if you don't appreciate that Freakazoid's the greatest show ever made, then I'll appreciate it for myself. So, yes, Paul Rugg, to me, is, like, Whatever happened to Paul Rugg? Why isn't he creating? Wow. Because I just think Freakazoid's the best. Did you like Freakazoid? <laughs> I have never seen an episode of Freakazoid. No one has, and it's the Do best. Do you know what the thing is, though? If I had been in town, I would have sat and watched it with you. We'll watch Freakazoids, because you would. You'd you think, get yeah, it. I'd you'd be You'd totally it. get it, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited now. Yeah, Josh, it's like, especially of the Spielberg animated, Pinky and the Brain Animaniacs hysteria. Right. Freakazoid's the undiscovered gem. It's got Ed Asner in it. Let me just put it this way. <laughs> There's a scene where Freakazoid is talking to Ed Asner, who's a beat cop, who's like his commissioner, Gordon. And he's like, hey, uh, why'd you never get married, Cosgrove? Uh, I wanted to, but I like meat too much. <laughs> you know, Cosgrove, uh, you could get married and still have a lot of meat. Oh. I didn't know that. (laughs) (laughs) This is the level of children's show dialogue we're talking about. Well, I feel like just, I mean, Freaked was a thing that I would, I didn't, I had never seen and would never have watched on my own. And, Mm. and I, I was very overwhelmed by it when I watched it. And, but then when we talked about it, I was like, I actually really enjoyed that. So I do trust, I trust your (laughs) opinion. He'll be in the middle of a case. Mm -hmm. Cosgrove will pull up. Hey, Freakazoid. Want to go for a mint? Do I? <laughs> they just fuck off and abandon the mission. All right, enough. Uh, bonus Katie specific question. There is an Amy Winehouse song, Best Friends, right? Have you heard it? I have not. Okay, St- I think we can still push through this. There's a lyric where she sings, quote, you're Stephanie and I'm Paulette. You know what all my faces mean. The question for Katie is, don't you think this is a Grease 2 reference? I mean, honestly, that's the only situation in which, like, the Stephanie and Paulette would make sense because they were best friends. And there's that, I mean, there's the part after Who's That Guy where Paulette comes out. Cause, Looking at me like, I'm going to know, but I believe you. Because <laughs> uh, Stephanie's, like, just saw the, the masked motorcycle man is, like, totally crushing on him. And she comes out and she's like, well, you know, which I know something's wrong. Like, what's up? Like, she can read her face. So it wouldn't faces. be surprised. Like, and then she gives her a. a a cigarette and matches because she's like freaking out and then you know he 
Michael comes up and puts an, a lighter up so she to light her cigarette. <laughs> Grace Jones is so good, you guys. I love what in The Simpsons they refer to it as Grease 2, the movie based on the musical that's a sequel to the movie based on, on the musical. musical. Yeah. <laughs> yes, uh, yes. I, I wouldn't be surprised if it was. Yeah. Like, because I don't get, I wouldn't Let's understand ask that. Amy. Amy. Oh, too soon. Oh, no. Zach I'll, Barry. <laughs> sorry. Fun fact uh, Paulette, played by Lorna Luft, uh, oh, okay. um, Liza Minnelli's half sister. Oh, there you go. Daughter of Judy Garland. Our final question from Zach Barry. Hello, Zach. Hi. How close to your own personality is where the characters sharing your name in After Hours? We've been asked this before. Mm-hmm. For example, is Soren really that cool or was that writing and acting? How is playing a character that shares your name different than playing a character that doesn't? Uh, also, you guys rock. Thanks Aww. for the great content. Aww. You guys are all great. That's very sweet. But back to the question. Um, I'm not as dark mm-hmm. nor as pessimistic. I think as the, as after hours Katie is. Um, but in terms of, I feel like everybody got really good at writing everybody's cadence kind of, and how yeah, we that's speak. True. Yeah. So um, in terms of how the lines were delivered, like some of it was my performance, but I think it's written into, um, it got written in, started getting written into episodes mm-hmm. you know, as we got farther along. Um, and also Soren is, not vain at all. No. Like he's uh, like a solid, good, hard he does working jokes, like like he'll dude. do a joke like, look what I can do and do something and yeah. be like, I'm the greatest. Uh, but he never has an air of meaning it. Like I've never had a moment where I thought he is full of himself. So yeah. that's entirely fabricated. Yeah. Dan I would say no on all counts. Yeah. They, they are characters created and therefore it's the same as playing a character with a different name because right. They had almost nothing in common. Daniel O'Brien deals with social awkwardness as we all do at times. But, but is not incapable of like connecting with other human beings. He just moved across the country to like mesh with a whole new team and start writing for a high stress show. Yeah. You know, he can handle life. Yeah. And uh, I have a dumb sense of humor in that I like puns and stuff. But you are one of the most intelligent individuals uh, I have thank ever Thank you. Met. I was just going to say not dumb, but that's nice. <laughs> I'm not dumb. Yeah, Maverick. I guess. I don't know. Like, would you say about Katie, the character of Katie? I mean, any other differences that I can't see because I just was in it? Just that you're a ray of sunshine in real life. Like, I would say your demeanor is... To be very joyous. Like your signature on your emails is like pie enthusiast. <laughs> Whereas Katie in the show uh, was almost the antithesis of that. Right. She was specifically supposed to see, be the character who sees the worst in human nature and explains why, no, Daniel, your theory doesn't work because humans are actually assholes and they'll do this. Right. And there were always mo- there were moments in episodes where I got to be a goober. Because like, like we and said, I think it was so much fun. As like, we went on, pies we were and just cat like, pies, like whatever. That whole bit. She's cheerful in this episode because she's talking about friends and she likes friends. Who gives a shit? Right. We started not caring about consistency. Well, in that just way. the whole Indiana Jones, like let him roll his temple down. You know, like yeah. his his ball down my temple of doom. If you know what That's I'm right. saying, whatever temple of doom. <laughs> you know, like I just think that was just a thing of like let's just go for it. I yeah. guess because it's two Having o'clock in the morning. Put a bag of sand the same weight as his dick on my navel or whatever. <laughs> Venus oh, Mons. Oh yeah, that was made into a gif. But, me moving my own. Oh breasts. yeah. Yep. I'm sure it was. Welcome to the internet. There. But also, just like 
The Simpsons does where they eventually have rubber band logic. Like, specifically, like, there's an episode where we establish that Krusty's illiterate. In many, many other episodes, he clearly reads things. Right. So that was just true for that one Uh, joke for those purposes. So we definitely are guilty. In the beginning, it was consistent. But through, like, years four to seven, seven, we would do, like... Uh, Michael is seems too smart in this episode because he's talking about Star Trek very like intelligently, and we'd be like, "Yeah, but it'll be confusing if he says it dumbly. Like it's right. it will become unclear because it's a complicated argument." Fuck it, Michael's smart for this episode. Yep. Like we would he's do got shit a, like he's that. got a weird sense. Like this is a, a area of knowledge. He's well that he versed has. in Star Trek only. Who but cares? For <laughs> me, preparing for like um, uh, stumbling dead. Is that what that was called? It was. Okay, Stumbling Dead or... Um, uh, <laughs> Some other fucking piece of shit they put me in. <laughs> no, don't say that. Adventures in Jedi School. Oh, that, like, that show was good. I would approach that as from like an actor-actor standpoint of like, how is my voice different? How is my characterization different? What is my motivation? Yeah. Like, I really like did that with those things. I feel like After Hours was more intuitive just like me in terms of performance. Mm. Like, I'm obviously performed things and thought of my motivation, but, like, it wasn't the same as, like, when we were doing a series, like, the, the Witch and Monster Management. Oh, I still really whatever, felt like know? I was acting just because, I think because I'm really not creepy or dumb, like we've established. Right. And my character had to be dumb and, like, sexually aggressive and creepy. Right. Um, in funny ways that right. I still stand behind. I don't think there's much problematic in After Hours, but... Michael's still the one who's explaining, like, well, if I had that power, I'd fuck everyone. Right. Um, which is not really like me. So I just always went into it thinking, it's Michael from AOC character, a character I'd already taken the time to figure out right. the mannerisms of. And I just said, well, if he wasn't magical. Right. It's that. It's him. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it was just a different, it was more performative. Like, after I was, was performative, Katie. Mm-hmm. Like that's what I mean is there is a performative version of yourself like even does not compute is a character I, mm-hmm. the only time I myself is podcasting I think clips of chips like fully not <laughs> I still say it they're the same to me clips of chips clips of chips uh, the most common thing tweeted at me about that is say what ah uh, instant mustache ah <laughs> uh, instant mustache yeah that was great because you shot it backwards, right? And then shaved it? For November, right? Yeah. Last day of November, we shot that episode is how we thought of the bit. <laughs> I think uh, we're done here. <laughs> Sorry, now I'm just thinking of all the old cracked videos that I really love and There's still... There's some good shit. I just reposted you getting... You're supposed to be visiting Daniel Gordon prison, but then the twist is he's visiting you in prison. I that sketch is amazing. I have forgotten about that sketch. When you smear your face against the glass, it's baby, so Baby, don't, don't leave me. <laughs> we gotta go, baby. Do you know which one I really loved? There was, uh, that was a Katie Willard experience, the pudding, ep- the pudding one, the yeah. Hudsucker Proxy, like, um, homage. Turning in. That pudding, I redeeming it. I for won an, I won the lifetime oh, supply no. of pudding, and then That's I bankrupt it. the company. Um, like, how can one human inhale so much pudding? Was yeah, the joke. I loved that. There were a lot of those. Uh, Katie and Katie plus eighty. Have it, yeah. Was my idea based solely on the pun? Yep, we have eighty which babies. Which was what if they had eighty babies? <laughs> Spiraled from there. There was another one where I was like a, a coked out. Um, 
like safety, like uh, martial arts person telling women how to be safe. Yeah. There's a traffic dancing one. Like there are a lot of things that we did that I, I'm so grateful to Daniel Vincent Gord, Will Gord, Katie Stoll. Um, they produce like no budget. It was literally mm. just the five of us most mm. of the time. And like these just really weird, fun little sketch like just like pocket sketches and yet it was still eventually canceled because an executive said it wasn't making its money back i mean i don't know that i just killed the podcast <laughs> but i am bitter i'm a bitter man yeah, yeah. <laughs> it happens not really not often not just sometimes well when we sit and ruminate about it or when i actually have to explain people are like why were the crack studios shows canceled after four episodes always oh because they were just doing that to barely placate us so we wouldn't all quit. They yep. never intended to let us really make a show and continue it. Answers like that make me upset. Yeah. Oh, you and... But there's still a treasure trove of stuff to be grateful for. Uh, one of the things to watch is Monster Management because you and Cody's banter in the lobby as the werewolf and the vampire is still so funny to like, me. Those are the bloopers you want. Improv reels, not after yes, hours. Yeah. I lost my mind because I was putting a reel together, so I had mine as the mm-hmm. witch. And and uh, and then I just watched them all. And like Greg is so good as the zombie. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, oh my God, what, what did, um, who played Frankenstein? Kelleher Bell. Kelleher Best is, or Kelleher is his last name, and I can't remember. He Brennan. was in Stumbling Dead. Brennan. There we yeah. go. Uh, as Frankenstein. He was Frankenstein or the monster? I'm not trying to be pedantic. I don't remember. He was remember. Frankenstein's monster. Okay. <laughs> and then uh, Noel and, and Soren. It was just, it was a great Halloween series. Yeah. It was just like genuinely good, and also like I think about, I don't know. We made good stuff. Yeah. I still think Sleeves is one of the funniest things. All right, I'm going to wrap this up because you can't <laughs> just sleeves. sit around going, we're so great. No, I, I didn't is, say. I just, I everything just we did is w- want to tell you that you've done good things that and I still enjoy. I enjoy your basketball sketch as well. Oh, that's another much. one that I love. Uh, but that's it for this month's very special Venus module. Katie, I imagine people who requested and threw questions at you and tuned in know this, but... Let's do our due diligence. Where can everyone find you and I'm, what's on your horizon? I'm on uh, Twitter and Instagram at K-A-W-I-L-L-E-R-T. If you just Google Katie Willard, Twitter, yeah. Instagram, you'll find me. Um, and we're heading into award season. So Golden Globes, Grammys, and uh, uh, Oscars all be producing for E! for their Life from the Red Carpet and Countdown shows and nice. After Party. Yeah, so you might see Unfor- me randomly yeah. in the background of Nothing things. Nothing they can really binge on the internet. You could see me. You could see me a lot at yeah. the People's Choice Awards because nice. I I was producing. I, I sweep every category. I was producing a steady camera, and ah. so I we were like moving back behind our position. So you see me like with nice. the guy. So look for Wilbur like telling a steady cam dude where to go next. Well, trying to make sure we don't run into things. Sure. Nice. I also handed uh, out T-shirts on the broadcast. You could see me. Oh, briefly. there you go. There yeah. you go. That was what? Golden Globes? That was People's Choice People's Awards. Choice Awards. Yeah, okay. we handed out a signed Victoria Beckham t-shirts nice. to fans. And, and also really this it. is unofficial Willard month at Small Beans in the sense that you're going to have a rough stuff and a Tales from the Pit coming out. Holy shit, yeah. And maybe another frame rate as well. No. We aired both? Or did you only cover Freaked? You, we did 
Freaked has been released. I we know did Freaked and Divine Secrets, and you released Divine Secrets Divine a long Secrets time ago. Divine Secrets already got released. Okay, okay. Yeah. But you still got a Tales, Anna. That's style. crazy. Ooh, it's the unofficial. Unofficial month. I guess it's official. Well, we now said it, so now it's official. <laughs> the uh, official unofficial Katie Willer month. Well, thanks for listening, guys, and thank you for your questions. Yay. Thank you again, Katie. Thank you.